Kabiso Musiya on SAFM. And uh, we continue now looking at sport pre-isolation in the first hour. We'll look at sport post-isolation in the second hour. And we are joined on the line now by a man who has served South African uh, football with aplomb. He was even recognized uh, with um, one of those uh, of those. Uh, prestigious um, orders that you get given uh, if you've done something good for the country you get honored by the uh, presidency and you receive the order of ikamanga in gold uh, that is mr mulifi olifant former safa president and one of the men that was instrumental in making sure that history is made on the continent by bringing the world cup fifa 2010 world cup to this country and he joins us on the line good evening president and thank you for speaking to us on safm tonight good evening thank you for having me for you, uh, Mr. Oliphant, I mean, when we celebrate Youth Day or we commemorate Youth Day, a lot of people don't like to use the word celebrate because people um, have died. When you commemorate Youth Day, what goes through your mind and what do you hope that youngsters of today take out of this, of, of, of a day like this? Well, as you have indicated, this is not an anniversary. This is a day during which we remember some of the bad things that happened in our country when we lost quite a number of our youth during the Soweto riots in 1976. I remember that time I was a teacher at Lekwashandu High School mm. in Shabville, and I was one of those teachers which left the teaching profession because one was forced to teach uh, mathematics in Africans for that matter which was so difficult. Now, as I indicated, it reminds us of the bad times in the history of our country. And to our youth, today, I must take lessons from the dedication commitment which was shown by the youth of 1976 when they stood up to fight for their rights and to make a contribution towards the transformation of our country so that our country becomes or became what it is today when they stood up. And that is a lesson to the current youth that they must stand up and fight for their rights. They must stand up, as the president said this afternoon. The ball is in their court to begin transform not only the politics of the country but also the economy of the country and to me that is what is important to me that is the lesson which all of us should learn or should have learned from the youth of 1976 mm. and as a teacher back in the day uh, Mr. Oliphant, I mean, you mentioned that you were teaching in, in, in Shabville and then later on you went to Boipatong, uh, to Lebohang High School, if I'm not mistaken. What did you make of the action that was taken by those uh, pupils, those students or those learners at the time? The transformation of education. That Africans should not be the medium of instruction. And the lesson we learned that from that time, Africans did not become the bigger of instructions in our township schools or in our education. 
Yes, moving from Lekoshandi as a teacher to the Wang High School in Bipatung, where one was fortunate and privileged to become the principal of that school for more than 10 years. Yes, that dedication, that commitment, which was displayed in 1976, was inculcated in the students, the learners, the pupils of Lewang High School through the, the principal of the student, which is the person you're talking to this evening. And a lot of us know you then from football. We know you as a, as an administrator, a man who serves South African football with distinction. When uh, then did you become involved um, in football? I started playing football. In fact, I was a football player. Mm. In, in Bopelong, to be specific, I played for a local club there called Elibets. And from there, I went to Jordan High School where I became a captain of the first team of the school and went to the University of the North, Delft Lobdell, where I also became a player. A player, the first player in the lineup, which is the goalkeeper. Mm. And later on, played for what was the team, the club, which was called Morocco Salas Babes, which was playing in the the lower divisions of the National Professional Soccer League those many days. But after graduating as a player, I became the secretary of the Bopilong Bipatong Football Association. And I was responsible for doing up the fixtures for a local or district association. And from there, then became the chairman of the Southern Zone of the Soccer Association of South Africa, or stroke the Transvaal Soccer Association. And having been the chairman or the president of the Southern Zone, I was also elected to become the treasurer of the Transvaal Soccer Association then, which was led by the late Lepile uh, Taunyani, who was the president, and also the secretary thereof being the late Solomon Spitznoewa. Mm. I was the treasurer of the Transvaal Soccer Association and later graduated to become the treasurer of the Soccer Association of South Africa, which was one of the four national associations which were responsible for, for the governing of football in the country then. And was it a goal for you to rise up the ranks in administration or were you just going where you were asked to serve in football? I was going there to serve and not necessarily to go up the ranks. And that, I think, came automatically because of the commitment and dedication which one showed during that period of time. But basically, one was there to serve. We've, we've always been told that football, we had Mr. Raymond Heck the other day on our show and he told us that football was always one of the sports that used to break barriers uh, during those days. And you've mentioned now uh, that 
Transvaal Federation Association that you served uh, there. And when I think of Transvaal, as somebody who follow, as somebody who followed cricket, the Transvaal mean machine. When you think of Transvaal, basically even in rugby, it's always uh, linked to, to the all South Africa. How united or how what divide how divided was football then at the time? During that time, we had four governing bodies of football in the country. That was the South African National Football Association. And please pardon my language, which was predominantly African. The Soccer Association of South Africa, which was predominantly African. The Football Association of South Africa, that is FASA, which was predominantly white. And the South African Soccer Federation, which was predominantly Indian and colored. So we had four national associations, which means that football was divided along racial lines. It was important that football had to unite. And let me take it further, that from the year 1989 to 1991, the wars that process, the unity process, where all these four federations came together to make the way forward, that South Africa was supposed to have one football controlling or governing body in the country. And in 1991, these four bodies came together and established what we today call the South African Football Association, that is STAFA. Mm. And that process, the unification process, was led by Mr. George Mwileki, who was the president of the National Sports Council. But the driving force, I must indicate, the man who facilitated everything was Mr. Krish Naidu. Mm. And this was a very difficult period in the life of football because you had four different governing bodies with different ideologies, but ultimately managed that they should come together to form what we today call the South African Football Association. That was in 1991. And after the merging of these four organizations, an interim committee was established in 1991. And that interim committee then went to CAF in Senegal, if I remember well, that uh, here is South Africa, is now it has one controlling body, and applied that South Africa be admitted in, in CAF and later on in FIFA. And immediately thereafter, that is 1992, the first elections of the football associations were held, and Professor Alessandro Khadina Bukau became the president of the Football Association. And together with uh, the current president of SAFA, Dr. Benny Jordan, and myself, we became the vice president of, of SAFA, and the late Mr. Solomon Stixmuel, may his soul rest in peace, became the CEO of, or the Secretary General of SAFA. And then we had quite a number of other executive members. And that was in 1991.
And during these talks, Mr. Oliphant, I mean, was there any resistance? Did you face any resistance or, or was football happy to unite? There was resistance from the South African National Football Association, unfortunately. But they had no option. Ultimately, they had to come into the fold. And they had to accept because they couldn't stand there alone and not being part of or the movement of football in that country there. There was resistance, but we managed to convince them to be part of the movement of the unity of football in the country. And at the time, as far as matches were concerned, I mean, were, were, were the black teams playing against the white teams at the time, or, did, uh, uh, or, or how did those matches start? Because we've been told about many attempts to try and unite football and to try and have these matches back in the days. By that time, uh, by that time, we had the National Soccer League. But before that, we had the NPSL, the National Professional Soccer League. And then we had the FPL. If you remember well, if you go back those many years, the NFL, which was the, the white league, all those players, all those clubs, Highlands Park, Lusitano, you name them, Rangers, then joined the NPSL, which means the NFL founded. Mm-hmm. And after the dissolution of the NFL, then you had the NPSL. Then in 1985, there was that big split in football, which led to the establishment or the formation of the National Soccer League. And, but the NPSL was still in existence. And also the FPL, FPL was still in existence. But later on, when the unity talks was completed, then all of them became part of the National Soccer League in 1991. Therefore, yes, before the unity talks, there were those three leagues, but later on, from 1991, we had one single league, which was the National Soccer League. For those who are just joining us, we are catching up with the former president of SAFA and uh, a man who helped bring the 2010 FIFA World Cup to South Africa, uh, Dr. Mulefi Oliphant. We're just reflecting and we're just uh, um, educating ourselves about football back in the days. We do have a two-hour special this evening, by the way, and in the next hour we will hear from rising South African sports stars. With all that said now, Dr. Oliphant, and before we get into the 2010 FIFA World Cup, what do you make of how then South African football has progressed over the years? Um, I mean, we've been a lot of people speak highly of the Premier Soccer League as one of the best leagues in Africa, but what do you make of where we are now as far as uh, football in South Africa? In fairness to the administration of football in the country, special reference to the professional league, it's my belief that the premier soccer league is doing well. It is my view, and so, and it is my informed view that on the African continent, 
the PSL is number one. I mean, we have good clubs, very strong clubs. In answering your question directly, we are doing well in terms of professional footballing on the African continent. And um, I want us to talk about 2010 FIFA World Cup. Now, you received the order of Ikamanga, a gold for your contribution. How does that recognition make you feel, Mr. Olifant? I know you said you got into football uh, to serve, but when, we, when you were recognized by the presidency, uh, what did it mean to you? That was a symbol of self-actualization. But I want to talk in a different context. Yes, sir. In 1991, as I've indicated, SAFA was established. In 1997, the Executive Committee of SAFA held in the Hota and Bosbarat on the island, that is Robben Island. And it was in, during that Lakota that a decision was taken by the Executive Committee of SAFA that let us resuscitate the idea which was implanted in our minds by the late Solomon Sticks Noela that SAFA should apply to FIFA to host the World Cup. And I must indicate and emphasize that this idea was conceived by the late Sticks Noela during the FIFA World Cup in 1994 in the U.S. When he said, looking at the facilities, that, but South Africa has the facilities. South Africa has the people, the human capital, to host the World Cup. And the first letter was written to FIFA, but the letter just died down. But when we met in 1997, in August, on the island, we resuscitated that idea that we should host the World Cup in 2006. And it is remarkable that SAFA was established in 1991. Hmm. Six years later, South Africans, we say, but we can host the World Cup. And we did submit an application to FIFA. And it, it was during that the Hota, that Bosberat, that we decided to establish a two-man committee. And I was privileged to be the president of SAFA then. I made my submission to my colleagues on the executive that, okay, let us establish a two-man community, and I recommended Ivan Koza and Danny Jordan. Ivan Koza to be the chair and Danny Jordan to be the CEO. That we formed this committee, two men. And I said, jokingly, that this committee will always form a quorum because normally a quorum is formed by 50% plus one. And we gave them the go-ahead that go and establish and beef up this two-man committee. And then we came up with the beat committee. As the president of the Football Association, 
I was an ex-officio member of the committee. And then established a big committee, and then we started campaigning throughout the world that South Africa must hold the World Cup in 2006. It is now history that we lost by one vote. Now, it is my view that because of the human capital in this country, we're in a position to stand stand up and face any other country in the world because we had the goodwill, we had the political leadership, good administrators in football, the support of everyone in the country, the infrastructure that we're in a better place position to hold the World Cup in 2006. Yes, unfortunately, we lost by one vote, but on hindsight, it is my view that it was good that it should happen. And I also believe that there's always a reason that something should happen. And indeed, it gave us more, more commitment that we should stand up and canvas and work stronger than ever before, that we should hold the World Cup in 2010. And I must also indicate that it was the idea that came from SAFA, from the leadership of SAFA, from the team of SAFA, that presented to the president of FIFA, Mr. Joseph Sablata, that going forward, there must be rotation when it comes to the World Cup. It should not be all, always or all the time. It's Europe this time around. Next time around, it goes to another continent. And I said, no, it must rotate. And FIFA adopted that principle of rotation. That is why during for 2010, it was only the African countries that were there to bid for 2010. There were no other countries from other continents. It is because we said we have to have a rotation. So it did not come voluntarily from from FIFA. It was that push from SAFA, from the leadership of SAFA. And what was... Sorry to come yeah. in, Mr. Olifant. I wanted to know, what was the leadership of SAFA then at the time and, and the visionary, Mr. Stix Morewa, and all of you hoping that the World Cup um, does for the country if and when it comes here? That is, uh, talking about 1994 when we were at the Ritz. No, I'm talking about... Yes, I'm just... Uh, to, I'm talking about the 2010 FIFA World Cup. What were you hoping that it does uh, for, for, for the country? Oh, what were we selling to the country? Mm. One, we're selling the infrastructure of the country in terms of the facilities, the hotels, the stadia, the beauty of this country. And it is my belief that this is one of the best countries in the world in terms of the beauty, in terms of the climate, the weather, 
we're selling the goodwill of our people. We are selling the political leadership of our people. We are selling the ability of the administrators of this country, that is football, to show that they're capable of hosting an event like that. And you'll agree with me that we had, and we still have that human capital, the chairman of the LOC, Dr. Ivan Korma, who's the chairman of the league, the president of SAFAN, Dr. Denny Jordan, as a CEO. And in that LOC, again, we had the best brains in the country, mm-hmm. politically speaking, from labor and business. So we are selling our country. But most importantly, most importantly, it was also one of the instruments which we are going to use to celebrate the achievement of this country, the resilience of the peoples of this country for a political achievement in 1994. It was a celebration that as South Africans, we can be the light to the world. And the World Cup was that vehicle through which we're going to to show the rest of the world that South Africa can compete favorably with the rest in the world. And what would you say then was the legacy of the 2010 FIFA World Cup? What did it leave uh, for the country 10 years later? The infrastructure. Mm. The stadium. We have the Cape Town Stadium today. Mm. We have the Moses Madida Stadium today. Orlando Stadium. Bombella Stadium. Uh, The new uh, Peter Mukawa Stadium. And other stadia which have been renovated. Mm. The shape of the F and B. The F and B before before the World Cup was not this caliber which we see today. The road infrastructure in the country. To me that is the legacy of some of the legacies left by the World Cup. The development of football. Because our National Association got a lot of money from the profit of the sales of the ticket. And that money has been used towards the development of football in the country. So there's a lot of legacy. I don't, know, I don't want to talk about the memory because uh, <laughs> today what's happening to us, we're talking about the World Cup. Mm. Uh, how many days ago? The 11th of, of this month. Yeah, last week. The 10th, the 10th anniversary. We are all talking about the goal which was scored by Simpia Chavalala. That is the legacy, and you can't ask for more. And today, by the way, was the day that Bafana Bafana played against Uruguay at Loftus. Cold night there. Bafana losing 3-0. It was the 16th of June. Dr. Oliphant, thank you very much for joining us tonight on SAFM. We appreciate your wisdom. We appreciate the insight. We appreciate the lesson that you've given us um, this evening as we celebrate Youth Day. And it's an honor for us to be speaking to you, sir. I appreciate and thank you very much.
for once more for having me. Yes, and we also thank you for your contributions uh, uh, to South African football. And that's why we thought we should bring you on tonight uh, while we celebrate Youth Day. Highlight what you've done and most importantly, give you the respect that you deserve, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Mulefi Olifante, the former SAFA president. After the break, we have another hour to go. We'll look at rising stars of South African sport. Uh, right now, the future is bright, if I can tell you that. By the way, I did ask earlier on uh, those who were, who were around who can remember what was a Zola Bad, uh, which kind of a text it was. And uh, there's a mini war going on on my Twitter page. Uh, somebody says it was uh, Spiwe. He has started all of this uh, Twitter war here on uh, on Twitter, he says it was a Zola Bad was a high ace, but a lot of people disagree with him. They say the Zola Bad was a E20. So I still don't have the answer of which taxi was the Zola Bad. I know there was a song, I know there was a runner called Zola Bad, but was it an E20? Was it a high ace? At least we've narrowed it down to two now. So please help us after the break. <laughs>